as well. Would you turn in your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Mark in chapter 5? The book of Mark in chapter 5. Now, <clears throat> I might uh, clear my throat. Uh, it's my Jack Hiles imitation. But uh, actually, uh, back in January, uh, uh, COVID messed my lungs up, <clears throat> and then I got a respiratory infection just a few weeks ago, and so uh, there's nothing happening, it just feels like it is. But uh, don't let it scare you. I've been tested. Oh, yes, I'm certified. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 5. Let's begin reading with verse number 1. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much, that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled, <clears throat> and told it in the city, and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. <clears throat> and they come to Jesus, and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast, and when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. The Lord Jesus and his disciples had uh, taken ship, <clears throat> and of course they were uh, in the tempest uh, in chapter 4, the end of chapter 4. 
And uh, the Lord was in the hinder part of the ship asleep. And his disciples came to him and said, Do you not care that we perish? The boat's about to sink. And uh, he got up and he said, uh, Have you any faith? And he commanded the winds and the waves to be still. And uh, they obeyed him. And his disciples marveled. And then they approach this landing. Uh, when they come to shore, and the Lord Jesus gets off on the land, here is this guy that um, the Chamber of Commerce had worked hard to tame him. You can imagine a coastal community with a crazy guy running around naked, cutting himself with stones. That's not good for tourism. And so they had undoubtedly bound him, the, the scripture says, many times. Uh, but the demon spirits in him made him so powerful that he would break them asunder and uh, rip his clothes off back out into the tombs, cutting himself with uh, stones again. On this particular day, he looks up and he sees Jesus. Now this man didn't know Jesus from anybody, but the demons in him did. And they caused him to run and fall down before the Lord Jesus. And they pled with him. Don't cast us into oblivion. And they looked around and said, there's 2,000, now the Bible calls them swine. I lived in North Carolina for several years. We call them hogs. And uh, said, there's 2,000 swine feeding nearby. Let us go into them. And the Lord gave them leave. And this legion of demons went into 2,000 swine and drove them mad. They ran off a steep cliff into the sea. And, and drown. Someone said this is the first mention of deviled ham. <clears throat> but uh, this is the real thing. But uh, ran into the, in, into the sea and drowned. Now, the fellows that are taking care of these swine immediately head into town. They want to tell everybody they can what has happened because they don't want to be blamed. This is called job security. Can you imagine these guys looking for a job the next week? Uh, where did you work before? Uh, we worked for farmer so-and-so. We, we kept uh, swine for him. Are you the guys that lost 2,000 swine in one day? We are. I'm sorry, we're not hiring this week. Huh? They'd never get a job. <clears throat> so when they said, <clears throat> if you'll come out here, uh, the guy is still there that created all of this issue. And so people start coming from the villages and the surrounding area. And, and when they got out there, they found this madman. I'm sure every one of them knew who this guy was. And he was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And the scripture said they were afraid. You know, Brother Roloff only did what the state of Texas tried to do and failed. But they were afraid of him. Yeah. This world does not understand this word. They do not. And, and that's going to get more and more evident to us as time goes on. And... Uh, if ever you needed to ground yourself in this truth, <clears throat> it's in these days. It's, it's now. Because this world is going to do everything it can to make you doubt it. I believe this Bible. 
Yes. You say, do you understand it all? No, I don't. But it isn't the part that I don't understand that's giving me trouble. Huh? And, and that's true with most everyone. Uh, the part they don't understand is no issue. It's the part they do understand and don't want to live that keeps them from learning the part they don't understand. But isn't it wonderful <clears throat> how we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and uh, often in our journey, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word that we didn't understand. And now all of a sudden, one day, like Brother Sammy Allen used to say, it's like a thousand watt light bulb goes off in your head. And you say, oh, I see that. That's the author of this book that lives in you, illuminating your understanding to that divine truth. What a wonderful thing. So I don't worry about the part I do under, uh, don't understand. I, I study it, and I pray for more light. Uh, I'm... I'm so happy that I have the author of the book in me. Uh, I enjoy reading after John Phillips. Uh, Dr. Phillips came to three meetings that I was preaching, and, and I got to meet him. I wish now I'd spent more time with him. He's with the Lord now. Uh, but I'm reading sometimes his commentaries, and I think I wish I could call Dr. Phillips and ask him where he was going with this idea. But I can't do that. But anything I don't understand about this book, I have access to the author. I can go to the Holy Spirit and say, at your pleasure, would you please illuminate my understanding? Help me to get this. Thank God that we have that. And so <clears throat> the world was afraid, and uh, they asked the Lord to leave. You would think they would say, sir, we know a lot of people that need help like this. Would you please come with us and, and, and we'll provide you a place to stay and we'll provide you with, with food to eat. Just stay here and help us. No, no. They didn't understand him. They were afraid of what he had done and they asked him to leave. And he says, okay, I will leave. And as he begins to leave, the demoniac of Gadara came to the ship where he was and said, I'd like to go with you. Well, you can't blame him, can you? I mean, if you could go with someone that could say to a stone, be made bread. If he dropped dead, he could say, get up. Yeah, I'm supposing all of us, if he passed by today, we'd want to follow him. We'd want to go with him. And, and the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> I'm sure, entreated the man somewhat. That, that would be a wonderful thing. I would enjoy your fellowship. However, it would be far better if you'd go back to Decapolis and tell your family and friends how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And this demoniac said, Okay, I'll do it. Now what great things had the Lord done for this man that he could go tell others about? I have a suspicion be pretty much the same with us. First of all, I would have you note that he delivered him from Satan. This man was not only unsaved, he was demon-possessed with a legion of demons. Not one demon, not two. A legion of demons. We are opposing a great foe when we come against the work of Satan. Oh, such a great foe 
that without our elder brother, we don't stand the chance. And so we look to the Lord Jesus to help us with this great enemy. We too often entertain him in our lives, in our homes. We entertain him. If you have children in your home, you ought to, you ought to know what they're watching and what they're listening to. You ought to know what games they are playing. Now, I know I grew up in a different day. But my dad made it clear to me that he owned the whole house. He never needed my permission to come into my bedroom. No, that was, that was clearly understood. Uh, he had the right to know everything that I was doing. And I believed before I even knew the word omnipresent. I believed that my dad was everywhere at the same time. I couldn't do anything and get back to the house fast enough without he knowing it and would meet me at the door. Daddy did not mind confrontation. No. And to be honest with you, it never crossed my mind to back talking. If he said it was true, it's the law of the Medes and Persians. It is, it is absolutely true. Yeah. If I treated my dad the way a lot of kids treat their dads today, it'd be several days before I'd wake up. <laughs> and you know, I talk about it with great pride. I'm glad I had a dad that wanted to know what I was doing. I'm glad for a dad that put up fences and said no further than this. I'm glad for that. And your children might not be glad today, but they will be. When you protect them from so many things that are destroying so many young people today. But you ought to know what's going on in your home. Why? Because you're the responsible one. You're the one God is looking to. And uh, so... Uh, don't allow Satan to entertain your children. He will stay longer than you want him to, I promise you. And he will do more than you want him to do. The Lord had delivered him from the power and the grip of Satan. I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone that you knew was demon-possessed or not. Uh, I know I have dealt with people that were demon-possessed, but there's only three times that I can, I can point to that I am absolutely certain the person I was trying to deal with was not only unsaved, not just mean, absolutely demon-possessed. There's one time here in the States, one in Grenada, West Indies, and another in Malawi, Africa. But I know they were demon-possessed. And I'm going to tell you something. If you ever have that experience... You will, you will gain great respect for the power of Satan. I sat in front of a woman. We were almost knee to knee. And I could not stop my knees from shaking. She spoke to me. She had known me for six or seven years. Uh, but she didn't recognize me that night. It was two o'clock in the morning, actually. And in a guttural voice, she'd speak. Then she'd take her fingernails and dig into her arms 
and draw blood as she'd drive across. At two hours we prayed and sought. And finally at four o'clock in the morning, her eyes opened up. It would be like turning the lights on in a dark room. And she looked at me and said, Preacher, what are you doing here? The experiences was not a great deal different in Grenada or in, in Africa. But it is a power that you do not play with. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I do not believe that a born-again believer can be demon-possessed. We can be demon-influenced, perhaps. He does work on us. There's no question about it. Love to destroy our testimonies. But if God will not live in heaven with him, he won't live in you with him either. And so I believe that Christians are not possessed, and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, First John 4, 4. So what did he do? He delivered him from the power of Satan. Secondly, he drew him to the power of God. Being released from the power of Satan is not the same as being born again. There's a man in Matthew chapter 12, I believe around verse 40, 40-something, 42, 44 maybe. He had one demon. And evidently the demon just got bored. He said, I, I've done my job here. It's kind of boring. I'm, I want to find some life somewhere. And so he left the man and went out to find a place he would like better. Well, while he was gone, the man pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. It might have been toward the first of the year and maybe he made New Year's resolutions. He said, I'm not going to waste my paycheck anymore and bring it home and take care of my wife and children. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to beat my wife all month. There's, there's still a law on the books in Greenville, Tennessee, that you can only beat your wife on Sunday on the courthouse steps. <laughs> We're not going to Greenville, Tennessee again, are we? No. No. This, this, man, this demon that went out of this man couldn't find a place he liked any better. So he came back, found him clean, swept, garnished. Went out and found seven more demons, more vile than he himself, and brought them. And the Bible says the last state of that man was worse than the first. You've seen that kind, haven't you? I mean, they come into church oftentimes and glow and burn brightly, and all of a sudden they burn out as quickly as they lit up. Yeah. This man felt like he was doing pretty good, I suppose. I'm sure his wife was happier and his children to have someone more pleasant to dwell with. But now seven more demons entered him. Now he has eight instead of one. The last state of that man is worse than the first. But this man in Mark chapter 5 was not only released from the power of Satan, but was drawn to the power of God. And by the way, the, the lady that I sat in front of here in the States, uh, demon-possessed, uh, once 
she woke up. I did everything I could to bring her to Christ. And she, she would not trust the Lord. As far as I know, she died lost and without God. Yeah. But now this man is altogether different. You see a difference in his life. And when the people came out, they saw a difference in him. I'm sure expecting to see this guy running. As a matter of fact, I would imagine as they came out, they hoped they would not see him. But when they got out there, they saw the Lord Jesus, and this man was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Oh, what a difference Christ makes. I'm afraid we have far too many people today that pray a little ditty and life never changes. But I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ saves a soul and takes his, uh, his uh, abiding in us, I'm telling you, a difference will be made. He was sitting. Tells me his heart was right. Nobody's having to bind him. The Lord's not standing there holding a sword on him. His heart was right. Something amazing about salvation. It kind of pushes you down to the church and makes you want to sit down in front of a Sunday school teacher and in front of a preacher and, and makes you hungry for God's Word. I remember in those early days, I, I'd read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. I couldn't understand anything. Nothing. And I would, I would tell the Lord. I was a diesel mechanic at that time. I carried a little Gideon New Testament in my pocket. <clears throat> and every break time, I'd find me a quiet place, and I'd sit there and read until the bell went off. And then I'd put my marker in and go back. I'd, I'd have lunch, and I'd finish my lunch. I'd go find me a quiet place, and I would read. And I can remember over and over again saying, Lord, my preacher knows this Bible. I don't understand anything. But I kept reading and kept reading and kept reading. You might know the story of the dad that took his little boy camping. And he got up the next morning. And of course, this would have had to been a long time ago. But the dad got up and he, he had some flour and he had a sifter and he sifted some flour. He made him a a great spread for their breakfast. And when they finished having breakfast, he sat there and read the Word of God uh, in his son's hearing. And when he finished, his son said, Daddy, I read the same Bible you read. You understand it. I don't understand anything. But he said, let's go clean these dishes up and, and then we'll talk about it. And they went down to the creek. He gave him the sifter and he said, Son, go get us some water. He said, Daddy, it won't hold water. It'll just pour through. He said, you haven't even tried. And so the boy went to the creek and dipped up some water. Of course, by the time he got to his dad, there was just droplets falling out underneath it. The dad said, son, try it again. Three or four times he had him go down the creek and dip water up. Finally, the boy was frustrated and he said, dad, it doesn't matter how many times I go. It's never going to hold water. He said, that's true, but look how clean it is. And the Word of God will do the same for us. Even when you don't think it's doing its work, it will. And i tell you something else. You'll find yourself witnessing to someone, 
And the Holy Spirit will bring that word to your mind that you thought you did not comprehend. And here it is. What an amazing thing is the living word of God. He was sitting. His, his heart was right. He was clothed. His body was right. You know in pagan lands, uh, when they get saved, without anyone telling them, their dress changes. Yes. His body is right. So, well, oh, it's done, you know, it's what's on the inside that counts. I used to resist that. Finally, I decided one day, it's true. It is what's on the inside. That is what counts. But I kept studying to find that whatever is on the inside is going to show up on the outside. Oh, yes. You say, well, that's not really me. Probably is. Huh? Probably is. His body was right. So he was sitting clothed. He was in his right mind. His mind was right. People away from the Lord, they're just not in their right mind. Remember the prodigal son? He was not only feeding the swine, he was eating with them. And the Bible says when he came to himself, he wasn't in his right mind. And when we are away from the Lord, we are not in our right minds. His mind was right. Not only was his heart and his body and his mind, but his will was right. He said to the Lord, I'd like to go with you. The Lord said that would be a good idea, but it would be better if you'd go back home and tell your family and friends how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And it had compassion on thee. And he said, okay. You know, it isn't what we want that gets us in trouble. It's what we insist on having when it isn't the will of God that gets us in trouble. Yeah. I could list some things I want that I know I will never possess. I don't think my wanting them bothers the Lord. But I think if I went out and got them, it would trouble him. Because it, that might be his will for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have always wanted a brand new Jaguar. This young friend of mine, he calls me Pops. I was preaching a meeting at a church and at our trailer park there. And he called me and he said, Pops, can I take you to lunch tomorrow? And I said, sure. He said, I'll come by and get you. And his dad had just bought a brand new Jaguar. He said, you want to drive? I said, uh-huh. <laughs> when I first started wanting this car, you could buy it for $64,000. You can't anymore. Am I going to go buy one? I'm not going to go buy one. But if the Lord lets you, would you let me have a ride? <laughs> There's not a soul on earth that has a possession that I'm envious of. None. If the Lord wants you to have it, I'm proud for you. If you came to church in a fleet of gold-plated Rolls Royces this morning, I'm, I'm proud for you. 
it's not mine. It's not for me. But if that's what the Lord wants for you, I'm proud for you. My wife and I live in 240 square feet. If you have 10,000 square feet to live in, I'm proud for you. God bless you. Oh, I'm too old to pine for things. Huh? I'd rather do than have. I want to do something. Don't you? Yeah. This man's will was right. He said, this is what I would like to do. Nevertheless, if you want me to go back home and witness to my family and friends, that's exactly what I'll do. This old boy got saved. Yeah, his heart was right, his body was right, his mind was right, his will was right. So what did God do for him? He drew him from the power of Satan, he drew him to the power of God, he taught him of righteousness, and then he sent him to others. I don't think anyone has ever been saved that God didn't expect to reach out to others. He chose sinners saved by the grace of God to share the message of eternal life with those of like kind. He could have chosen the angels. He could have heralded it himself. But he said, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to save this bunch of sinners that nobody else wants. And then I'm going to have them go and declare the message to others. Are we doing it? Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me live for others, Lord, that I might live like thee. You know what the Lord told his disciples, John 13, 17? If you know these things, happier ye if you do them. I've asked a lot of congregations, how many of you want to be happy? And do you Never one time have I had everyone raise their hands. No. You say, well, but Brother Whetstone, everybody wants to be happy. Oh, no. I've met people, if you made them happy, they'd get mad at you. <laughs> They're just wired that way. If you gave them a million dollars, they'd say, I know you got more than that. But Jesus said, if you know these things, and it's the foot washing story. Remember, he had washed the disciples' feet and he said, do you know what I've done to you? But what he was trying to get across to them was not the physical act of washing their feet, but he was being a servant to them. He said, if you know these things, if the word know means understand, if you understand these things, if you understand what I've done to you, and you will go, and, and the word he uses is do, but it carries the idea of practice. It's not you go do it one time and then you forget it. No, it, this becomes a practice of your life. So if you know these things and you practice it in your life, he said you'll be happy. So how do we get happy? By giving ourselves away. By living for others. Yes. Now, I, I'm the psychiatrist and the psychologist is going to charge you for that. I'm, I'm giving it to you for free. It's, and it comes from the mouth of Jesus Christ. So it's got to be true. has to work. 
You remember the woman I told you that was demon-possessed? I came to her home before this occasion, and uh, she was miserable. And I said, I'm going to give you some advice, and if you'll do it, I'll keep trying to help you. If you don't, then, then I'm finished. I can't do anything for you. I said, what I want you to do this week is don't turn the soap operas on even one single time. Don't watch them. Because she watched them and wanted to live like they did. Don't watch them. Instead, get up in the morning and cook a pie. And go out to the nursing home and say, who is here that nobody ever comes to visit? And don't go just drop the pie off. Go and sit down and visit with them. Listen to what they have to say. And then the next day, I want you to, and I just gave her assignments to do day after day, to live for somebody else. Never did it. Never did it. You say, if I could get this, I'd be happy. No, you thought that about the last thing you got. It didn't make you happy. You said, if I could just have my dream house, the one you're living in now, used to be your dream house. You're not happy with it. It isn't what we get that makes us happy. If it, if it did, all of Hollywood would be hilarious. They're living in rehab centers. Why? Because we're not made happy by getting. We're made happy by giving. And giving ourselves away. And then last of all, not only did he deliver him from the power of Satan and delivered him to the power of God and taught him of righteousness and sent him for others, but he prepared him to go home. What kind of reunion must that have been? Did he have a wife? Perhaps. Children? Perhaps. Certainly had parents. What must they have thought when this angry, hateful, sinful man came home meek and humble. You know he's preparing us to go home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I ask you, has Christ made that kind of difference in your life? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your goodness and thank you for your word. Bless in the service upcoming, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.